mysterious man To be cured of beer Bringing happiness To be cured has changed Everything in our lives He's colorful And welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, the official holiday podcast for people who totally didn't cheat on Rubik's Cubes and just moved all the stickers. Honest. That's right. For today's adventure, we're mysteriously floating back to 1983 for a puzzling revisit to Rubik the Amazing Cube, a Saturday morning cartoon that lasted an even shorter amount of time than the fad tried to cash in on. So join us on this unseasonably warm episode, Rubik's First Christmas. I am surprisingly energetic village granny Mike Westfall, and joining me, hiding out in the spacious trunk of my station wagon and scaring the family dog, please welcome back Jerry Davila from Totally Rad Christmas. Hey, Jerry. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Oh, wow. <laughs> that was a terrible Rubik. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can anyone do a good Rubik? I don't know. <laughs> How's it going? I'm great. Uh, this is one of the deepest cuts yet on my podcast. <laughs> but as I'm searching for the old cartoons that had Christmas episodes and this came up, I said, yes, this is just the right amount of oddball for me. Oh, for real. I This is one that I remember like clearly, um, even though I don't remember all the episodes specifically, but because there wasn't a lot of like Hispanic, you know, content back in the day. Right. And, you know, me being Hispanic, it was kind of really big for us back in the the valley. So this is one that it was like, I remember watching Rubik on Saturday mornings um, and then eventually they spun it into, you know, uh, an hour show. But I mean, I remember I remember this one and I remember thinking like this thing can do anything. So I always tried to solve it. And I never could. Uh, I, I learned part of the algorithm. I never quite finished it. But uh, yeah, I was the guy that definitely removed the stickers. <laughs> no, dude. Yeah, I never uh, I, I never was interested enough to try and solve one. And, and I never had the attention span, I guess, to sit down and try and solve a whole Rubik's Cube. But but this cartoon, I remembered it and then I forgot it and then I remembered it again. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, it didn't end up on any VHS tapes of mine. <laughs> then once I hit my 20s and started rediscovering old TV, I used to watch. And here's this creepy talking magic Rubik's Cube with the spur face <laughs> who befriends a Hispanic family. Yeah, well, naturally. <laughs> I mean, what else is a magic cube going to do, you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one that uh, I mean, it's definitely out there i mean rubik has like all the powers i mean there's i mean that's literally he can't do like anything i mean he he does everything so it's just it's so bizarre but i i really loved it as a kid and looking back at it now i can definitely see why i also kind of forgot about it for a while (laughs) (laughs) yeah So, so before we dive into this episode let's first take a step back and talk about the history of retroactively named for Erno Rubik, who invented it in 1974 while trying to create a mechanism with parts that could be moved independently without the whole thing falling apart. He didn't set out to make a puzzle. He didn't even realize it was a puzzle until he scrambled it up and tried to restore it the first time. And oh, hey, this is like a game. <laughs> 
Yeah, and then uh, I think he even got the patent for it like right away. It was yep. one of those that it, he didn't have any problems getting it. And uh, yeah, it really took off, especially around 1980 when it was, uh, I believe, sold um, to the U.S. Uh, what is it? Ideal Toys, I believe, was a company. I think so. I didn't write it down, but yeah, yeah. He, he licensed it. It became the toy of the year in 1980. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like the best selling Christmas toy. Oh, yeah. And uh, in fact, most um, statistically, most like toy company catalogs and stuff, they still recognize it as like the best selling toy like ever wow which i think is really cool yeah because uh, it's hard yep. <laughs> i can't do it no. uh, and and it, it ignited this cube craze they called it and it led to this very weird cartoon by ruby <laughs> spears yeah i don't remember um which which cartoons you've done already uh, by ruby spears but i mean to me ruby spears is, is up there with hannah barbera they're not as well known but they've done a lot of great stuff they were more recent, I feel like. Well, Alvin and the Chipmunks, I just did a couple of episodes ago. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah. And then Mr. T and Turbo mm-hmm. Teen, Thundar the Barbarian. Oh, Thundar. And Saturday Supercade, which I actually misremembered this being part of Saturday Supercade. I was wrong. <laughs> that wasn't even on the same channel. Supercade was CBS. Rubik, CBS, yeah. Rubik ran on ABC in the fall of 1983 as part of an hour block with Pac-Man. Pac-Man, yeah. And that kind of makes sense. I mean, Pac-Man was like in, you know, with Atari and then this is sure. like in, you know, I mean, why not combine the two? They're both oddball. They're both anthropomorphic shapes. Yeah, I guess, you know, good one's point. a sphere, one's a cube. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They, they, they're similar when you, if you squint in. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Except Rubik's got that creepier face. Something about he his does. face. Yeah it's, yeah. it's almost smurfy, but not really. Yeah, it's like a like Smurf meets like an alien, like Mac and me or something. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. <laughs> but talk about another deep cut, right? Uh, yeah, I, I remember this was um, I mean, Ruby Spears, they they did Thundar, like you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, uh, I thought Thundar was Hanna-Barbera until I, I started, you know, doing more research. This is about like 15 years ago or so. OK, Um but it makes sense because they were writers and, and animators for Hanna-Barbera that split off to form their own company. Right. So that's why that's why Thundar is so familiar. Uh, and it follows a lot. I mean, it really does follow that Hanna-Barbera kind of formula. You know, when you think about it, it's, it's very much like Space Ghost and all that. Um, but I mean, Ruby Spears, they were like responsible for like Scooby-Doo. I and mean, they were they were huge with that. You know, they, oh, yeah, they really. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they I mean, it was great uh, to see the Ruby Spears, uh, you know, influence in this. Mm -hmm. And yeah, Centurions and Sectars and all those other ones that they did (laughs) (laughs) more. Yeah. More deep cuts there. Right. Yeah. But but I watched both this and Saturday Supercade. I flipped around a lot on Saturday mornings. I don't remember ever staying put on one channel. No, I never did either. There was always something somewhere else that was yep. more interesting than what was showing at mm-hmm. that current time. Yeah. yeah, I remember trying to catch some other show while one went to commercial and not realizing, oh, they all have the same commercial breaks. <laughs> I did the same thing, yeah. <laughs> and you turn it back and you've missed like half the show. And you're like, Whoops. oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Thank God for VCRs. Yes. My parents just got their VCR fixed, so they're going through... Nice old movies of us as kids so it's not but but it's my mom's recording them on the phone and texting me the the videos of 
the VHS <laughs> as, as recorded off her TV. And it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's kind of funny because um, we didn't have VHS until later. We had Betamax. And oh. yeah. And it was one of those where at first we could find everything. And then soon, you know, VHS took over and it was like mm -hmm. hard to find anything. But our Betamax player kept working. So even though we replace our VHS year after year, you know, um, our Betamax player lasted, I think, like another 25 or 30 years. And so we still have a bunch of old videos on some Betamax tapes. Nice. <laughs> See, you know, we can't play them for now, but uh, we, we have them. Yeah. Whereas like these old home videos on VHS are starting to get really brittle. Yeah. It's time to start converting. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So so this episode, Rubik's First Christmas, debuted Saturday, November 19th, 1983. The cube in this cartoon is some sort of magical flying alien creature named Rubik. Mm -hmm. Featuring the sped up voice of Ron Palillo. Hello, my name is Rubik. Yeah, Horshack. Horshack. Back Cotter. Yes. <laughs> I remember when I learned that uh, and it like blew my mind. I was right? like, wait, that's not the same guy. No, and um, here his voice was like a combination of a chipmunk and a smurf. And indeed, the producers used the same technology to speed up and raise the pitch of his voice. But doesn't sound mm -hmm. anything like Horshack, of course. No, probably for not the at all. And I think that's why why I was so um, why I was so just amazed to learn that little tidbit, because, I mean, I, I couldn't picture it. And no. even now, knowing that I still can't picture it. <laughs> No, it's really a hard voice to recognize until you actually look at the cast list. And I'm like, really? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember finding that out, you know, Ron Palillo, and I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Why not? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Cutter. Yes. We learn Rubik's very short backstory at the beginning of every episode, thanks to Menudo. <laughs> this is, see, this is another thing that kind of like drew me in because I was never a huge Menudo fan, but I knew who they were. You know, as a little Hispanic boy, I was like, yeah, I know Menudo because they're the uh, same thing. They're like me. Uh, now, this is pre-Ricky Martin, though. Yeah, pre-Ricky Martin. I knew who they were just because they were on the TV all the time. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. On those variety and, shows or whatever. But yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the theme song is very memorable, but at the same time, it's also very forgettable. So like as yeah. soon as you hear it, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember this. But that's about it. It lasts for like two seconds. But it's it lasts in your like subconscious, at least for me, because uh, yeah. as soon as I heard it, I was able to sing along with it. Um, but now if you were to ask me to do it, I can't do it by myself. I need to hear it again. <laughs> yep. It's one of those memories that's just lodged in the back of your brain doing nothing. And then when you hear it, it's like, oh, I remember this and it's gone. That's a, yeah, exactly right. Wow. And it kind of like, at least for me, I remember really loving the song. Like I would get up and dance to it. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I know I shouldn't admit that, but eh. who among us? Uh, yeah. So we, you know, we would get up and dance to it and then, um, you know, hearing it again, it was like, oh, this is amazing. And then I tried to sing it for my daughter because she was asking me what I was watching. I was like, oh, let me. And I was like, I'll, I'll sing you the song. And I just I couldn't do it. Nope. <laughs> and I literally just heard it. <laughs> but, you know, menudo. Yep. <laughs> well, well, here's the, the brief on the song and what it's describing. Rubik was the captive of an evil magician and locked in a chest that fell out of his stagecoach and found on a mysterious night by the Rodriguez family who are out for a bike ride late at night in the middle of the woods. 
as as one is wont to do, you know. <laughs> 1983, everyone. That's true. Yeah, it was. You would stay out till you know. Uh, as soon as the porch, you know, light came on, you got to be got to be back inside. <laughs> yep. But <laughs> after that, yeah, why not go out into the woods? Although the uh, the stagecoach thing was a little bit much. I mean, do people still have stagecoaches? Right in 1983, because you pan out, and then the title card for this show is just looks like a suburb. What's a stagecoach doing in the woods right next to a <laughs> suburb? Very strange. I don't know, but I kind of want to live there just to see. Yeah. <laughs> just what could be back here? Yeah, it yeah, was exactly. a mysterious night. Yeah. I mean, and okay. One thing that did always bug me was how did that magician or wizard or whatever he was, how did he get Rubik? Like they never explained that part. Yeah. We never learned that. No, not, not through the whole series. Uh, so I, I always just really wondered like, what is Rubik? Is he an alien? Is he just like a magic creature? I don't He's know. He's our but friend. I really. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> friend. But too. yeah, I always wanted to know that. And it always bugged me that somehow this evil magician had him. But, you know, I mean, it's it's fate. He was meant to lose him. He was meant to the fall into the uh, capable hands of the Rodriguez kids. We have the oldest brother, Reynaldo, voiced by Michael Bell. Grandma, it's kind of dangerous. Yeah. Hey, Michael Bell's back. Oh, man. I loved, I mean, hearing him, you could, of course, he's got the, the you know, Latinx or Hispanic, whatever you want to call it, uh, affectation. But hearing it, it sounded very much like Lance from Voltron as okay, like yeah. a kid, like a kid version of Lance. Yeah. That's, that's how I, as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's, I mean, that's Michael Bell. Yes. And sure enough, it was Michael Bell. Yeah. Very easy voice to recognize. Not nothing, no tricks with his voice here. It's just he knows the character he's playing. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I loved him because uh, Duke was always my favorite on G.I. Joe. I mean, Snake Eyes, of course, was awesome, but Duke oh, right. was always my favorite. <laughs> and uh, I, I've always been drawn to like the main, the, the leader or the main character or whatever, the, the I guess the nerdy guy. <laughs> I don't know, but <laughs> go figure. But, uh, you know, so I love Duke. So as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, oh, that's Michael Bell. And yeah, it, yeah I was right. Uh, then in the middle, we have Carlos voiced by Michael Sosedo. If I see one more cast this tree, I think I'll die. Who would go on to be part of the cast of General Hospital as Juan Santiago for a couple of seasons. This is one of his earliest roles. And I know nothing else about Michael Sosedo. Yeah, same here. I thought I read maybe that he was in St. Elsewhere, but I I didn't look I didn't verify that part. So oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to be a bad guest at this moment and just yeah, say, well, maybe, I, yeah, maybe he was. <laughs> uh, and then we have the younger sister, Lisa, voiced by Jennifer Vajardo. That was a lot of fun. But after 87 times, I get a little bored. Who was in this, the Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau movie, Buddy Buddy and nothing else. Yeah, another one that I didn't know. Uh, I was hoping that I would recognize her voice from something, but no, she completely passed me by. And then I saw some other big names listed under additional voices, but I couldn't pick out any of them in this particular episode. But I saw Tress McNeil. Yeah. I saw Bob Holt, Neil Ross, Janet Waldo, Alan Young. Are they in this episode? I don't know. There are some heavy hitters here, but I yeah. couldn't, same thing, I couldn't, 
I couldn't tell. So no. they, they either like really got into their character and played their part well, or they just weren't used in these particular in this particular episode. No. Um, but when I saw Tress McNeil, I geeked out pretty hard. Yep. <laughs> That's a big one. Uh, the last voice I'll mention that has a specific credit in this is Angela Moya, who voices the kid's mom in the first couple of minutes of this episode. Glad to see you kids decided to have some fun. Have you seen the movie Gleaming the Cube? Yes. Now, it's been years since I've seen it, but I used to love that movie. Love that yeah. movie. Well, poor Angela Moya is the housekeeper who finds Vin's body hanging in the motel room. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's OK. Yep. Yeah, that's a shame. <laughs> well, she at least has a happier role here. Uh, yes, she does. She's mom. pretty short as well. Only. Yeah, she's at the, she's in this at the beginning of the bed, along with the kid's dad, who's also voiced by Michael Bell. Come on, kids. We're almost at Grandma Ria's town. Enjoy the beautiful Mexican scenery. Dad's driving the family station wagon across the Mexican countryside as we open this episode. That's the first thing you see after Rubik's first Christmas, a dusty road at a cactus. <laughs> Sounds like my Christmas is here in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of cactus, a lot of mesquite, a lot of 80 degree weather. There you <laughs> go. Yep. Kids are in the yeah. back singing Feliz Navidad to set the tone for us. <laughs> Naturally. This car reminded me of my dad's old car. Jerry, did your family have a station wagon growing up? Uh, we did for a little bit. Um, and then quickly, uh, I think my dad wrecked it or it was in some sort of oh, accident. No. Uh, and so we we quickly got rid of it and we ended up getting like a, a Sentra or something like that or a okay. Honda, a, a brown. And it was like an ugly color brown Honda. <laughs> um, <laughs> but And after that, of course, we went on to get like minivans and stuff. But yeah, we did for a while. I remember. And it was um, it wasn't quite the National Lampoon's green, but it was also one of those typical 80s um ugly greens <laughs> okay ours was white but it had that wood paneling like the griswolds <laughs> nice we didn't have the wood paneling oh, we just had the green the yeah. panning we had uh, paneling we had seats in the very back that looked out the back window that was my spot oh nice i was the oldest so i called dibs on the back myself loved riding back there oh yeah yeah that that was always i mean so much room and you just felt like uh, or at least it felt like a lot of room. I don't know if it really was, but, you know, being younger, it, it sure. felt like a lot of room. Yeah, I was a and short then, uh, kid, so it was enough for me. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I think I think ours had the little ashtrays on the back of the seat as well. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I never knew they were ashtrays. I just thought it was like a little cool pocket. And so I would right? just open it up and like put stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what I thought, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, yeah, Dusty Road. Uh, you know, the, the cactus singing Feliz Navidad. I mean, this was like Christmas right here. Okay. So I, I, I definitely got the feels from this, even though it's like the most opposite of Christmas you can think of to, for most people. Um, it really hit home. <laughs> Good. Well, I'm glad that it, that it makes sense for somebody. Like I'm sure like <laughs> as I'm watching this, yeah. I'm like, this has got to give Christmas feels to somebody. But wow, I picked a good guest. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, the Rodriguez family station wagon doesn't have the wood paneling or a back seat. It's definitely large uh, enough back there for a massive pile of Christmas presents in the back. And, and a dog. Their dog. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just, just loose, running around. I mean, he had room in there. <laughs> he had room to walk comfortably. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he really had a ton of room back there. I mean, that's like one of those where um, if you were going to go to like Six Flags or, you know, somewhere on vacation, you were going to yes. drive, you'd want to like just put your blankets and your pillow back there and, you know, take the kids early at like three in the morning and just let them sleep. Yeah, you know? that's a road trip <laughs> car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's how big that room was. Yeah, it's also large enough for Rubik to come out of hiding from Carlos's pocket and just talk at normal volume. <laughs> it's funny because they're like they take so many so much pain to like hide Rubik, you know, like, please, you know, we, you got to be careful. We don't want anyone to see. And yet he just comes out and he's like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to I'm just going to do my thing and bring this doll to life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zapping in the nose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, And it's it's funny because, you know, as I said, he's got like so many different powers. I have no idea like what he can't do. He's like, yeah, he's got more powers than Superman. Mm-hmm. And including the, the 50s Superman, when Superman had all those one-off powers as well. <laughs> right. He zaps Lisa's doll, makes her come to life and dance. Yeah. So I guess telekinesis, maybe? Or I don't know, because she talks, okay. too. So so I think he really, like, animates her somehow. Yeah. He, like, brings her to life, which is kind of scary thought, if you think about right. it. And the parents hear none of this. Uh, no, they're out of it. <laughs> they got to drive. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, but meanwhile, down the road at what appears to be a toy factory or warehouse or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure either. But we got two men loading up a truck full of Christmas toys that the kid's grandmother apparently ordered for all the kids in her village. She must be pretty loaded, I think, because that, that was quite a bit of toy. She's like the they call her the village granny over the CB. I don't know if that's just her like her trucker name or what, but. <laughs> I'd love to see a, a granny trucker, yeah. <laughs> a Mexican granny trucker. Yeah, she's definitely like the matriarch of her village. Of her village, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like her job to take care of everybody, I guess. Mm-hmm. And she does. But while these two guys go to get their last handful of packages, two teenagers sneak in and drive off in the truck. Those rascals. All right, but which one of you dummies left the keys in the truck? <laughs> See, that's one thing that I never get because I always take my keys everywhere. Yes. It's like instinct. You know, you you pull in, you park, you turn it off and you put them in your pocket. You're done. I guess we watched enough stuff like this when we were kids. We like, don't leave your keys in the truck. <laughs> it's going to get stolen. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next, we meet the kids. Grandma Ria, who's speeding home in her Jeep with the top down to meet her family. I tried to beat you guys here. I must be getting slow in my old age. <laughs> you haven't changed, Abuelito. And I never will. We must keep zest for life. Yeah, she's a cool granny, man. I, I mean, like Grandma Ria. She kind of reminds me of my grandma, my, my mom's mom. Um, yeah. Except in, instead of like just the, the little, you know, top, the shirt, um, she would have been wearing like a full dress. Okay. I mean, that, that's like the only real difference there. Uh, All right. I, I I dug her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's got jeans in this. She's described in the episode guide. I've seen copied and pasted on every website this TV show is on as <laughs> a vibrant, active lady who loves life and the village kids. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. That checks out. Reminds me of John Arbuckle's grandma and Garfield. Yeah. Kind of spunky. Uh, definitely. You know, she has energy which um, you don't see a lot in uh, in grandma's, you know, portrayed on TV. Um, likes fast cars. <laughs> likes fast cars, yeah. And she had a pretty rad Jeep. 
I liked her Jeep. She too. did. Driving <laughs> yeah. with the top down. Oh yeah, that's the stuff. Get that wind in your hair. As soon as everyone's inside, we get to the bulk of most episodes of this cartoon, a fun game called Hide Rubik from the Grown-Ups. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't really know why. I mean, I would think like it would be OK with your parents. E- everyone else. I, OK, I, I get it. But like, you know, they even kept it from their parents. They kept it from grandma. Mm-hmm. Uh, although, of course, grandma is pretty smart. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean. Right away. And and this happened every single time. You know, it's like, OK, make sure no one sees Rubik. Put him in your pocket. I'm sorry. I have to do this Rubik. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he's gone. But how does that thing even fit in his pocket? I mean, Rubik's cubes are pretty big. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than an iPhone. <laughs> they're just bulky. It's bulky is the problem. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's they're usually what, like three inches. That's uh, about right. Yeah. And so, I mean. I remember my jeans in the eighties, like being like super tight, you know, I don't remember them having like, <laughs> yeah. like in the nineties when it was like pockets everywhere you right. know, and they were so, <laughs> so wide and baggy. One little pocket. And... It, exactly. Yeah. So that was another one that always like made me wonder, but mm. I mean, I guess he's Rubik. If you wanted, he probably could like, I don't know, Hermione Granger fit in the there pocket. We go. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he shrinks one of the yeah, two. I don't, I don't know. He's Ant-Man. He's... Yeah. <laughs> No, but, but we find out later that that grandma's wise to it. Grandma's parrot saw his face, too. Like, where's the square one? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it it's so funny because, uh, you know, as, like you said, we find out later that the grandma knows about it and she's just like, hey, come on, like, like, use your thing. You, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Just use it. I, I know about it. I've always known about yep. it. Just, you know, come on. He, we need his powers. Like, just get it done. <laughs> It's kind of like a, a very grandma thing to do. Oh, you know? yeah. It's like, like, all right, I, I, I've humored you. Let's get to work. No, now. you can't go. pull anything past grandma. No, no. no. She knows. Yep. Grandma's always know. Uh, but first, uh, we move on to Lisa watching the village kids play pinata. Yes. Which as a white boy from New Jersey, I forget is a very big tradition leading up to Christmas. I associate it with birthday parties. We well, we do too. Uh, okay. Piñatas are pretty much just any celebration. Okay, <laughs> so, great. So yeah, even we even had some on Easter sometimes. I mean, it's just okay. uh, any kind of thing. Um, Christmas was a little bit different because you'd have a few different candies and little toys and stuff in there. Okay. Most of the time, it was just like regular candies, like a birthday parties. But I mean, it was huge. It's like it wasn't a party if you didn't have a piñata. Okay. Kind of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, now, do you celebrate? It? Is it Las Posadas? Yes. Las okay. Posadas. Is that part of is pinata part of that too? No, not usually. Uh, okay. Las Posadas is mostly um, at church, like like you go to church and okay. and, and it's done there. And then now there's there's usually some sort of dancing, um, usually like a matachinas or something like that, like the a, a typical tribal esque um, dance type dance. Um, but then there's cocoa and lots of singing and of course prayers as well. Um, but not so much piñatas. That's usually, um, that's usually something else. I mean, at least in the Valley, it could be maybe in Mexico itself, you know, cause I'm, I'm more Tex-Mex than, than okay. anything else. But <laughs> <laughs> I know it, my Las Posadas knowledge is very storybook from a kid, uh, based. So I know there's, there's the procession through the houses. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I know the legend of the poinsettia is, um, Connected to that. Yeah. I don't remember much else or perhaps 
any emphasis on pinatas during that. So, yeah, and uh, you know, it's it's also very regional specific. So, okay. Um, there's there's different variations just about wherever you go. In fact, sometimes from town to town, there's different variations. All right. So, um, even though the overall structure is kind of the same, I mean, so I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt it if pinatas are actually in some places, you know, a part of it, but at least in the ones that I've experienced, no, usually it's just dancing and, and, you know, treats and stuff afterwards. Well, it makes sense on Christmas. It's a birthday party. Sure is. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not getting that deep here. It's just here are some kids breaking a pinata in the middle of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You got to show they're Mexican somehow. <laughs> they're, in, <laughs> they're in Mexico. I guess so. so. <laughs> We're learning. But, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But then... Grand Maria gets a call on her CB radio. Look it up, kids. <laughs> have you ever used a CB radio? I never have. No, we we never had one. No, me neither. Always wanted to. Me too. Um, although I had that one movie. Um, oh, gosh, I can't think of the name now. There was one movie that scared me about it where uh, the guy like the, the trucker goes crazy after they like play, play, a, play a prank on him and. Uh, he like like rips off someone's jaw. Anyway, I mean it's it's oh, rather dear. macabre. But, oh boy, uh, definitely a horror flick. And it wasn't that even that good of a movie. But afterwards, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I don't want to use one yeah, of these. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not. But wow, what a way to date a TV show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty soon it's going to be where if you see an iPhone in a movie, you're going to know it's it's old. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the calls from the guys at the warehouse who report the truck with all the toys stolen, and Grandma's not happy. Yeah. And immediately goes, I'm not going to let them get away with this. I'm going to do something about it. And all three grandkids reply, well, we're going to help you. And I'm waiting for grandma to say, oh, no, you're not. It's too dangerous for you children. <laughs> I was waiting for that, too. But, hey, it was the 80s. <laughs> Everybody could come. Yeah, like the responsible parent I thought I was. And then the rest of the episode will probably be the kids and Rubik secretly solving the mystery or whatever. But no, grandma's like, all right. Bobinos. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. It's it did really remind me of like another time. I mean, yeah. When, you know, you, hey, there's no one to babysit these kids. So come. You, know, you got to take it. Let's do it. All right, kids. And let's go. Let's go face some danger. Yep. Why not? <laughs> Meanwhile, back to the punk kids in the joyride on a very twisty mountainside road. Yeah. And they, they were driving pretty dangerously there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm nervous when it like goes down to two lanes, you know, and a big semi is like coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. And these guys are just whatever. Just let's go. Yep. Yeah. They don't know. They crash no. and go over to the side of the road, saved by a very strong tree root growing out of the cliff there. And and not just the tree root, but they're saved by two guys that pulled the truck up by themselves. Yes. <laughs> that was another thing that blew my mind. I thought. For sure, they could have like some sort of winch or something, but no, they just, you know, put some ropes and haul the, tr the truck up themselves. And I thought, wow, these guys are like ridiculously strong. Like, <laughs> you don't need this truck. Just go into business. I mean, you yeah. can be work for the government, do something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was something else. But before that, we uh, we just kind of leave them there for a bit and go back to grandma and the kids in the Jeep with a map that gets whipped out of Reynaldo's hand by the wind. So Rubik flies after it. And here comes. Did this part with the map flying away and then getting eaten by a chicken remind you of another Christmas movie? Hmm. 
feels like it should. Do you remember um, in the Polar Express movie when the girl's ticket flies out the window and into the snowy forest and it gets picked up by an eagle who brings yeah. it back to her nest? I immediately yeah. thought of that watching it this time. Wow, I should have thought of that. I'm surprised I didn't, but no, I I think I was more like, uh, I was thinking, well, you got to pad out this this special somehow. Yeah. And so I just kind of went ran with it. But, but no, that makes like total sense. I don't know why I didn't see it. It was just something I happened to think of as soon as I saw it. I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> but, but in this case, we just need something for Rubik to do. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's uh, shenanigans ensue. Yeah. Because this episode really isn't about Rubik. He's in it and he helps, but he mostly takes a back seat. But. Here he gets the map back by trapping the chicken in an egg. <laughs> so which came first? No, I don't know. <laughs> Let's around in a second. It's just to get the map back, but he almost leaves before remembering, oh, I'd better free that chicken. Yeah, he actually flies away. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this guy doesn't play. No. But then, of course, he came back and, and fixed it. And I thought, all right, he's a good guy after all. All right, chicken. You've learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a strange thing to trap. A ch- I mean, of all the things he could have done, he literally could have just like levitated the chicken away or or something. Just just, you know, pulled the, the map out. But no, he he literally encases the chicken right. in a giant egg. I mean, that's kind of I don't know. That's it's a little, spooky. Is that cruel and unusual punishment? It could be. Yeah. <laughs> did did he de-age the chicken? Who knows? Oh, wow. Yeah. Got the time stone. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, one of his powers is time travel as well. Uh, so. A Rubik's Cube has six faces. There are six and fit. No. <laughs> <laughs> so Rubik flies back with the map and Grandma doesn't notice a thing. Or does she? Uh, but it's too close a call for Carlos, who puts Rubik back in his pocket real quickly. Mm, yeah. Now we go back to the truck and here's the two guys just pulling the truck out. That was vertical. (laughs) Still blows my mind just talking about, I mean, I know we just talked about it, but saying it again, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. These guys are just ridiculously strong. Well, and Uh, in thanks for saving their lives, the kids just let them have the truck. We're done with it. Yeah. Cause they offer to pay. They say, how much do you want? Right. And the kids just like, no, no, you you can have it. (laughs) Okay. Why not? Might as well. And how did, okay, how did all those toys not fall out of the back? I don't know. The truck was vertical <laughs> and was upside down vertical. and they're just <laughs> stacked yeah. perfectly. Yeah, I have no idea. But all I know is that uh, they packed that thing amazingly. Like they really tetris it and got everything yeah, in they there did. So, that, so that nothing fell out. Like a Rubik's Cube. There you go. So these two men drive off. Now the boys notice, oh, no, Grandma Rhea's Christmas toys were in the truck we stole. So (laughs) they're no longer the bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're kids. You got to got to whoops. Say, hey, forgive and forget, I guess. I don't know. I guess. But don't steal my truck. But don't steal trucks. Yeah. yeah, Because you never know what's in them. Nope. Uh, The (laughs) bad guys now are the two guys with the truck because their plan is to raid a nearby Aztec pyramid for gold and treasure and just dump the toys so they can load up the truck with whatever they can find. <laughs> you know, uh, that's on my to-do list, but I, I just haven't gotten to it yet. 
<laughs> so I don't know a lot about Aztec ruins, but are there just pyramids hanging out abandoned with nobody there to, I don't know, stop a couple of dudes from raiding it? No, not that I know of. Um, I've never been. Uh, I've been to Mexico. I've been in, in Mexico, but I've never been that far. Um, but I have a feeling that no, that that wouldn't happen. No, I assume most of them are tourist attractions. That's correct. Yeah. Not just hanging out behind a couple of trees. It's the secret pyramid. Oh, you know, could it's like the, uh, there you go. the tool shed that uh, <laughs> Montezuma built. Out, <laughs> I don't know. tool shed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it, and it does. It did seem kind of hidden. Uh, but uh, again, but they knew I, right where it was. <laughs> that's true. They did. Yeah, they did know right where it was, um, but they did have a map. So I guess that's something could else. be. <laughs> Meanwhile, grandma's Jeep has broken down. So in order to get the nearest town to get it fixed, the boys get out to pretend to push while Rubik makes the whole Jeep magically hover off the ground. Good thing she had those extra fan belts that um, came in handy in no way whatsoever. Yeah, well, yeah, really. Always pack a fan belt, but it's not the fan belt this time. (laughs) Yeah, that was one thing that bothered me. I was like, okay, if you have these extras and and she says it's no big deal. So presumably she's changed them before. But so what was the whole point? Why couldn't she have just changed it and gone? Um, Unless it really wasn't the fan belt. Yeah, I don't know. No, just seemed like an, an extra detail that didn't have to be there. Like they could have spent more time on actually on Rubik, I think. Right. And there's no way grandma doesn't know something else is happening right now. You can see a clear shadow underneath that Jeep. <laughs> yeah, that thing is totally it's totally um, uh, what do they call the the um, from Star uh, Star Wars. The, the, the speeder, it's totally a land speeder. Oh, yeah. At this point. Yes, yeah. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Yeah, just hovering. So, yep. And, but thank thank goodness Rubik was there, because if he wasn't, really? I don't know what they would have done. Mm-hmm. I hope she remembered to pack water. So, <laughs> yeah. So they get the town. And also arriving in town are the two kids who stole the truck and explained what happened. And the truck itself just happens to be driving by at that very minute. Yeah, I love this, uh, this like convenient writing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> everything just happens at one time. Thank goodness, Serendipity, because man. I mean, how else would we be able to track anybody? <laughs> <laughs> we got a map. But grandma is like super brave. Yeah, she stands in the middle of the road, puts her arm out, thinking no way anybody's going to run down an old lady, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> except some guys that stole the truck right now in the show they have Reynaldo say I don't think they see her in the road which I guess is the responsible way to avoid having our bad guys willingly murder a lady <laughs> yeah I mean this was still that era where you have to get past the censors right um, especially uh, if it wasn't syndication so it, it makes sense you yeah. gotta do something but I uh, yeah, I mean, it's for kids, I guess. I don't know. Might as well tailor it to kids as much as you can. I don't think they see her, but I don't know. But Carlos has <laughs> Rubik magic grandma out of the way without her realizing it, and the truck still barely misses her. Yeah, yeah, Rubik was a little slow there. No, yeah, and a truck doesn't miss Rubik, and he gets tossed into the back of the truck bed. 
And the road's so bumpy, it mixes up the cube, so now he can't fly out or anything until someone solves him again. Oh no, classic Rubik Ah, episode. And that's where they cut to commercial. We'll return after these messages. Oh man, these commercials are great. Yes, the recording we watched included the commercials. Did you have a favorite that just took you back to a memory you forgot you had? Yes. Um, oh gosh, I, I forgot his name. The the cat, the singing cat. It was um OG oh OG Readmore. OG Readmore, that's yes. what it was. Yeah. I'm Captain OG Readmore, a reading kind of cat. Read a book like me, you'll soon agree that reading is where it's at. That's the one that really Oh, I got so many feels from that one. I remember so vividly every Saturday. You know, I, I know because um, I would watch several things on ABC and mm-hmm. I just I re- they would play that almost, you know, at least once every half hour. Oh, yeah. So that one really brought me back and I loved it. Yeah, that's how they used to get education content into the into TV programming, kids. <laughs> if the shows themselves weren't educational enough they would just stick this psa in there and up we got a minute's worth in this hour (laughs) hey you know we'll take whatever we can get i guess Mm -hmm. (laughs) might as well i mean they worked we still remember them that one was great and the um the captain crunch one of my friends like best about captain crunch cereal it is the crunch it is that taste it is the crunch it is that taste it is it's the golden sweet taste. Delicious to the last bite. Oh, it's the crispy crunch. It's the taste so yummy sweet. No, it's the crunch that's really neat. Part of this good breakfast complete. Yours was Captain Crunch. Okay, for me, was it the, the alphabets? You can take a bite, take a bite, take an alphabet's bite today. Okay, I'll play. It's roast that goes. Yeah! Ghost, help you can eat the letters G H O S T before the ghost eats these. Not me. I'll roast you, ghost. And that's no food. Bye-bye. Post Alphabet Cereal, a tasty part of this nutritious breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, those that was good, too. Yeah. yeah. Alphabet was my favorite cereal for most of my really early childhood. That and C-3PO's. Oh, nice. Yeah. I I was a Count Chocula guy. I okay. Count Chocula. <laughs> yep. That one in uh, in Pops. I used to love Corn Pops. Pops. Yep. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well, back from commercial, Rubik's stuck in a truck bed and the kids and Grandma Rhea ride a couple of burrows up a mountain trail and try to head them off that way. <laughs> in what universe <laughs> is that ever going to catch a car? <laughs> I. <laughs> We're taking the shortcut. Yeah, yeah, that's at least they they give some sort of plausible excuse like, okay, well, we'll we'll take the shortcut because I don't think we're going to catch them. They almost ran you over. Maybe if you're riding a burrow, they'll decide. "Eh." Which are also notoriously stubborn as well. So I don't know uh, how they got them, how they motivated them to to begin (laughs) with, but they sure they got those things moving. (laughs) Grandma knows how to do it, man. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I don't doubt it. Being the town matriarch has its perks. There you go. (laughs) Don't become that just for no reason. Yeah, that's yeah. You got to know how to do stuff. The burrow whisperer. (laughs) (laughs) But but the truck swerves around them by fast and furious driving with two wheels on the side of the mountain. 
Yeah, that I mean, they really Vin Diesel it up there. That was I mean, amazing. <laughs> well, it's great because it's not like a muscle car. No, so, it's a huge truck full <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, I don't know how they did it, but uh, man, those those guys can drive. <laughs> They're yeah. some great drivers. Well, Hire them in Fast 9. <laughs> right. <laughs> there you go. And it had the fortunate side effect of tossing Rubik from the truck bed and into a nest on the side of a cliff. So it's back to that Polar Express bit again. Yeah, and I I, I liked this bit. I mean, it was ridiculous. So but, ridiculous. You know, honestly, it was. But I really liked it because, like, they're trying to decide, OK, we got to go get Rubik. And Grandma, luckily, of course, you know, she has a rope. Yep. But like, you know, OK, Grandma, do it. And then the little girl gets mad at the older brother yeah. it's like no you're not gonna make grandma do this and well he doesn't want to do it and you do it my brave brother yeah that's yeah exactly i totally see like my daughter doing this to my son like oh come on you know you're so brave and just making him you know wrapping him around her finger or something yeah um so yeah this totally that got me i was like all right yeah i like this guy <laughs> here you go <laughs> Here, just lower me into this nest so we can get my dumb puzzle toy. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's magical. So, yep. I mean, might as well. I don't know how they convinced. Well, I know how they convinced Grandma of that. But before I knew that, I was I was a tough ask for Grandma. But she was fine with it. Nope, let's do it. We're going to get your toy first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get your toy first. Like, really? I mean, if, okay. assuming she didn't know. I mean, yeah. In what universe would you ever go get a toy over stopping, you know, someone that's like a car thief and whatever, stealing your other stuff? I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. It's a toy. It fell over. OK, I'm sorry you lost your toy. Either of my grandmothers would have been like, sorry. Yeah, same so, here. So down yeah. goes Reynaldo on a rope to get the cube in the nest, and sure enough, he almost gets dive-bombed by angry Mama Eagle. Hey, amigo! I don't want your eggs! <laughs> and I love his response, too. It's like, I'm not trying for you. I don't want your eggs. <laughs> I just want my cube! Just my cube! He grabs the cube, and then he solves it in about four seconds before they pull him up the way. Yeah, these guys are... They're like speed cubers. I mean, these guys, they know how to do it yes. so fast. It's amazing. Just just done. It's perfect. And that got me to wondering, hey, Internet, what's the fastest time on record for solving a Rubik's Cube? What would your guess be? Yeah, I think isn't it something like 28 seconds? It's, it's something ridiculous. Three point four seven seconds. <laughs> Which is just a little faster than Reynaldo does it here. <laughs> that was it, but that was in 2018, and it was the first time any human solved a Rubik's Cube in under four seconds. Oh my gosh. In 1983, when this cartoon was made, the actual record was 17 seconds. Wow. I timed Reynaldo and got four seconds flat, but bear in mind the show cuts to him working on it. And also bear in mind. He's hanging by a rope off the side of the mountain and is being attacked by an eagle. <laughs> so which time's really more impressive here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, he's got like a great future in like the military and some sort of like like black ops or, or <laughs> unit or something like that. I mean, because pressure is not going to be anything to this kid. He's got superhuman reflexes. Yeah, so. it's, it's pretty impressive. 
Cube's, Cube is safe, truck's long gone, but Grandma's a, not about to give up. And the next scene is the group of them taking off in a biplane. <laughs> yep. I mean, the three amigos showed me that uh, everybody in Mexico has some sort of, uh, you know, little, little prop plane. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's it. Yep. So, yeah, this is another. And I want to say it's like a classic um, Ruby Spears, uh, Hanna-Barbera type thing where, you know, like I, I remember this in the Dukes of Hazard cartoon also. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, all right, let's let's get in some planes and let's yep. try to catch the bad guys as well. I mean, this is a it's it really took me back because it was very era appropriate. But yeah, I mean, where did they get this plane? How does grandma know how to fly it so well? She seems I don't know. the type. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, she's got the, the Jeep. Yeah, know, she's the. Yeah, I mean, it does, does make sense. Though at one point she does say, whoa, that was close. And Lisa tells her. Try to keep those comments to yourself, OK, Grandma? <laughs> she has all the best lines in this. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, I like that little girl. <laughs> <laughs> Just before that, her brothers are commenting on the clear view from the sky. And she's like, oh, great. We're looking for a stolen truck. And these two are giving a weather report. <laughs> Easy, kid. Yeah. Wah, wah. But someone decided this needs to be a half hour cartoon. So there's a lot of time to fill with this unnecessary out loud dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's also it's it's kind of the because earlier and I forgot to bring it up. Um, but like when the dog, you know, um, when Rubik makes a doll come alive, you know, and the dogs there, the dog like mugs to the camera. I mean, this is a, yeah. a lot of that kind of, you know, the little jokes as well here. Just, hey, let's throw in some jokes while they're flying. Yeah, I mean, might have. <laughs> let's not only kill some time but hey it'll it add some humor there you go <laughs> but they do catch up with the, with the truck and now it's grandma's turn to do some dive bombing so we get a minute of that until the truck veers halfway off the cliff and now it's hanging there again yeah and here is now when grandma reveals there's only one thing we can do use your joke I know about your I knew about him all the time. It's okay. Yeah, I love her reveal because she says it like so matter of factly. Like, yep. like, hey, come on, we need it. I just use your cube. I know like, about what? your friend. <laughs> and they're almost incredulous. Like, Grandma, how did you know? It's like, okay, this lady that uh, pretty much runs this town, drives fast Jeeps, uh, can fly a plane and, you know, goes after bad guys and tries to block the road with her body. And you don't think she can figure out that your cube is magic? Nothing gets by grandma. Mm-hmm. My kids can say that about their grandmothers and they don't like fast cars or drive by planes. <laughs> Nothing gets yeah. by grandma. That's true. Yeah. So. So yeah. Rubik saves the truck from falling off the mountainside, safely transporting it back onto the road. And the two thieves run out of the truck screaming, it's the curse of the, the pyramid. <laughs> I forgot yeah. there was a curse of a pyramid. They said it in <laughs> passing like 15 minutes ago. Yeah, yeah. Not much of a setup there. No. I mean, it, so this payoff doesn't really pay off. Nope. It's just Chekhov's Aztec curse. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. 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 I, wouldn't it have been cool to see like, I don't know, some sort of mummy style curse for real? Well, <laughs> I mean, that's a different show. Rubik does stop them from getting away by enlarging their feet. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that kind of plays out. 
Rubik's got weird magic, but it works. I still don't. I can't pinpoint everything he does. And it's it bothers me that I don't know, like, what are the limits of his powers? I mean, he's almost except for like the fact that if you scramble him, he's he's useless. useless. Uh, I mean, he's almost omnipotent. If you think about it, <laughs> could be. Yeah. Time travel, teleportation. Um, he can create life. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, another one of his powers. So, OK, Rubik and grandma are buddies now. They land next to the truck only to find it empty. All the toys are gone. Lisa starts crying and Rubik uses the tears, the water in Lisa's tear to find where the toys are. There's not going to be any Christmas this year. We will have Christmas. Look, Lisa's tear. shows them and inside her giant crocodile tear is a reflection of the ruins where those two dump the toys yeah they see the whole scene i mean it's crazy in in a little tear i mean hey why not we've seen crazier things happen already so i I mean i buy it i buy it already but once they know where it is he just teleports them to the the ruins and oh there's the toys Right, he can teleport them. Take yep. them right to the ruins as they load up the truck singing Feliz Navidad again because, oh, that's right, this was a Christmas special. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Yeah, not a whole lot of Christmas in here, but I love how Rubik just kind of like hangs back until the very end. Then he's like, oh, okay, Rubik will help too. <laughs> yep, here we go. Yep, and then he just loads like the last bits there. Um, so they did most of the the loading of those toys, which... Um, it looked like in the beginning, those two guys were having a little bit of trouble loading that truck with all those toys. It was just so much. And so all these kids did it uh, with grandma. But, well, I mean, I guess Rubik's done enough. Maybe <laughs> teleporting him all kind of took a little bit out of him. I don't know. They're on the clock, man. <laughs> yeah. Got to get their break in. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Rubik, uh, he gets uh, 15 minutes every uh, <laughs> every six hours. Yeah. Well, <laughs> But now we start to get festive right at the end here. Rubik sends us out in festive style by making the truck fly and pulling it like a reindeer. Yeah. And Carlos even asks Rubik to make it snow for the kids. Which he does again with the powers. This guy can do everything. Mm -hmm. It's so cool. And the last shot is Rubik quickly flashing a Santa Claus hat and beard and winking at us to close it out. (laughs) And we made it. Yeah, yeah, this was a this was an interesting special. This was a trip, not completely filled with what people traditionally like to look for in the Christmas programming, but it counts. And I had a good time. Yeah, same here. It was fun. And uh, I watched it because I saw it like three times and uh, I watched one of them with my kids. Oh, good. And my four year old son, he loved it. I mean, he was laughing. <laughs> yeah. uh, the two year old was just kind of whatever and out there. Um, and the eight year old stayed for about half of it and then left but <laughs> that's yeah my, right. my son loved it so i think that's like the the demographic they oh, probably yeah. were going for yep four-year-olds there you go yeah <laughs> yeah it was great i liked it um nothing special writing is you know so so um some weird things but at the same time I, I i had lots of nostalgia for it and it really reminded me of christmases growing up yeah so good I, I, yeah i liked it well and it's retroactively more christmasy with all those polar express similarities there you go. So, yeah. 
Or did Polar Express copy from this episode? Ooh, could be. No. <laughs> no, it really did. But spread that around. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry, thank you for coming on. I'm happy you called dibs on this one. I am too. I, I really liked it. And uh, I, I, I'm i glad because I had, like I said, I'd forgotten about it and watching it again. It was like, oh, yeah, I remember why I liked it. Yeah. You know, it, it a lot of it was kind of like me growing up. So it was cool. I mean, I didn't have quite this uh, a thick accent as they did, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but still, yeah, it was it was really cool. I dug it. Man. Great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, and if people want to find you on the Internet, could you kindly save them the trouble of looking through the reflection of their magical tears? <laughs> well, see, that's that was going to be my next party trick. But uh, sure. Yeah. It, it, I mean, they can find me. Uh, I do have a website at totallyradchristmas.com, although I still haven't done anything with it. So um, I will by the time this drops. Just forward it, man. And uh, yeah, that's that's the plan. Um, but yeah, I'm on Facebook and uh, Instagram at Totally Rad Christmas, Twitter at Rad Christmas, and then uh, the podcast. You can find me um, anywhere you get podcasts. So you know, um, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, all that. All the words. Pandora, you know how to find a podcast, people. Yeah, yeah. If you're listening to this one, you probably do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you again. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Sure. Show notes, as always, are in your amazing podcast, Plain Cube, and on adventcalendar.house. You can follow me on Twitter at FallWestMike and AdventCalHouse. I will be back in a couple days with another holiday special. Until then, for Jerry Davila, from a nest full of baby eagle eggs on the side of a mountain, hoping to set a new speed cubing record while trying not to get clawed to death, <laughs> this is Mike Westfall saying, careful of the icy patch. Adios. Oh, Rubik, this is the best Christmas present ever. Ho, 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 ho. And now, these messages. What's up, dudes? I'm Jerry D. of Totally Rad Christmas, the podcast that talks all things Christmas in the 80s. Toys, movies, specials, music, books, fashion, and fads. If it was gnarly during Christmas in the 80s, he's got it covered. Wait, is there a lot of things to talk about for the 80s and Christmas? Well, you got the movie giants like Christmas Vacation, Scrooge, and A Christmas Story. There are TV specials like Muppet Family Christmas, Claymation Christmas Celebration, and a Garfield Christmas Special. Plus classics shown every year. You also jam out to Last Christmas, Do They Know It's Christmas, and Christmas in Hollis. But most of all, it was a time for the most bodacious, best-selling Christmas toys ever like He-Man, G.I. Joe, Transformers, and Cabbage Patch Kids. Yes, them too. We cover them all, plus much more, including standard segments like Hap Hap Happiest Memory, Gag Me With The Spoon, The Other Half of the Battle, and Chant With The Littles. So tune in to Totally Rad Christmas everywhere you get your podcasts. Turn the clock back and dive into those warm and fuzzy memories. Later, dudes. Next time on the Advent Calendar House... Who cares about Easter? Spring is a bore. I'm fed up to here, and I'm not gonna take it anymore. Not gonna take it anymore.